0: Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe.
1: Hello Jules. Hi Phoebe. How are you? Looking very cute. Cute. I ran 100k. Strong, for. May. sexy. Yes I girl.
0: saw. I ran 100k for May. I was trying to think, what do I have going on in my life that is not directly linked to fighting white supremacy? <laughs> I had a bit of a break doing this 100k last month so yeah so I'm, I'm cute you are for now
1: killing it. amazing well done
0: thank you so much I'm so proud before lockdown I wasn't really running that much mm. so I know that you're a runner but I wasn't running much like I was probably doing like 5k a week if that mm. and so during lockdown now I've run more than I did last year
1: That's amazing, though. You say I'm a runner, but I haven't ran in a couple of years. That kind of shit is inspiration to me. So I actually ran this morning just thinking about you. Pow, pow, pow. (laughs) No, I love that
0: because I always think, like, I'm not the best runner, And so even when I did, I did a half marathon at the beginning of May and I'm like, oh, I'm not really the best runner. And, you know, I've done my 100K and I still feel like I'm not really a good runner. But then when I posted about it on Instagram, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my God, Jules, like I'm super inspired. I'm going to join Nike's challenge this month. So that's really created some positive vibes. And if it's got you to put your trainers back on, that's awesome.
1: You know what? I actually just ordered some new trainers and I thought, you know what? Because sometimes I do think... When you get the gear, you do feel a bit more like, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're running in your ratty old trainers and your like crap leggings or something like that, you feel a bit more like, oh my God, I really don't want to do this. Also, I mean, I know that we're very body positive here on the podcast, but all of my running stuff is from when I was a runner. So you best believe that I really struggle to get those shorts on now like <laughs> i'm trying to like grease up my thighs to get those shorts on <laughs> who did you buy your trainers from i bought them on adidas i really like the adidas boost yeah. or the nike Flyknit are my favorite to run in
0: i bought time. some new nike trainers as well i got some flight net but no it's so interesting when you talk
1: about like the swag is so key swag is key I, it's the one thing coach. that makes me wish i was into cycling because cycling gear they do some like seriously cool stuff. Yeah. And they've always got up and coming brands in cycling. Running is not the same. Running, you've got, you know, Nike, Adidas, and that's kind of it. You've got Lululemon or whatever. But like, they're always doing cool stuff in cycling. So I'm jealous of you cycling babes out there. My husband's got a drawful, full, but he goes for the real garish stuff. I would be much more like Matt Black.
0: My oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, you've look it. the part yeah cycling gear is definitely
0: cool so after I did that 100k for May I thought oh what will I do for June
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I'm actually starting my golf lessons this weekend oh my god amazing I've got my golf skirt I'm ready I've got my visor it's, it's about that to go down It is so
1: exciting yes. where are you doing your golf lessons in Holland Park
0: they do some lessons Fantastic. so like walking distance from me which is very cool and
1: it's not that expensive oh my god I'm desperate to do golf lessons because golf is one of those things that I've only played it a couple of times and really enjoyed it, but I am terrible at it. So I feel like I bring the right level of enthusiasm, but yeah. I'm really lacking on the skill front. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: so me. And so I'm like, this is something that I think I can get into. And then I wanted to have like some variety, like hit workouts is cool, like running. Yeah, that's fine. But I want to like do something where I'm picking up a skill, but I'm like relaxing and I'm looking good.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean you do have to try harder with golf I think because for such like a moneyed sport so much of the gear is no bueno
0: yeah what's cool with the lessons that I'm taking at least is that in terms of equipment they provide it so I don't need to invest in that up front so I just pay the coach and then I'll skill up and then hopefully I can then join a club
1: yeah the dream That's the plan. Oh, I'm I'm doubly inspired now. And then I can invite you to the club in Richmond. (laughs) The dream. Well, my positive news, because I know we've got a bit of a heavier podcast plan for today. My positive news is that I found out recently that I've been accepted on an MBA program with Warwick Business School. So that is my exciting achievement. I I love Warwick so much. Mate, I applied because of you. You have hiked Warwick Warwick so much because you did your undergrad there.
0: Yeah, I just love Warwick so much. You're going to have the best time. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and one of my mentors went to Warwick Business School and like he's fantastic and he says it's a great program. So that's really big. Thank
1: you. It was funny,
0: actually. That is huge.
1: (laughs) It was funny. I was talking to my family last night and I was telling them about it. And all of the students have been added into a little, like, Facebook group so we can all get to know each other, blah, blah, blah. And my sister was like, oh, have you made any friends? Like, do you know who the cool kids are? And I was like, well, to be honest, like, I'm a bit younger than everybody else on the program because I'm only 27. So I was like, I'm a bit younger than everybody else on the program. So uh, I actually think that I might be the cool one. And my sister was like, oh, my God, slim pickings.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I'm surprised because usually with, well, I guess every program has a different profile, mm. but usually it's
1: like 25 to 35. Yes, but I think because of the distance learning one, like usually if you're on the younger end of the spectrum, it's because you're happy to take the year out. Yeah, but this is spread over two years. So I think that that's probably why it's got a marginally older age demographic. But yeah, that's my positive news. So yeah, that's
0: awesome, and you'll learn so much from you know people with such a broad range of experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So, thanks, guys. If anyone's listening who's done an MBA or just in general has any good books to recommend on the topic, please let me know. I am yeah. not typically like a non-fiction reader. If I read, it's pure escapism. So even just dipping my toe and starting to read these strategy and operations books and things like that is a little out of my comfort zone yeah um, so what motivated you then just like, felt like it was time to level up I will be so honest as well like I want to do one for my career and my longer term plans with regards to my career but also all of my friends that I grew up with are all architects doctors scientists PhDs, MDs, Masters of Linguistics. I had no <laughs> letters after my name. I have no letters after my name. And I said it to my girlfriends, like maybe last Christmas or whenever we were all last together. And I was like, you know, I feel like I feel like the stupid one because everybody else is like, even my friend who's like, oh, I didn't finish my masters. It's like, yes, but you've started three businesses. So we're, we're not the same. And my other friend was like, Phoebe, I don't have a masters either. I was like, mm, yeah, you're a doctor. It's uh, an obstetrician and gynecologist. So oh, not come on.
0: You don't need a master's if you're an MD.
1: Yeah, exactly. You've got the letters already. Don't be greedy. D-R-M-D. Don't be greedy. Exactly. So I just thought it's time for me to level up and start thinking about my next step seriously. And also, I think that I, in particular, am very guilty of this. Sometimes I wait for life to happen. And there's always an excuse to not do it now because such and such a thing is going on and da-da-da-da-da. But I just thought, actually, just time to bite the bullet. Yeah, no, well
0: done. I think it's so easy to kind of like, A, wait for the perfect time
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to do something or to just kind of let life happen. And then, you know, you just haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve. So the fact, I mean, you're killing it.
1: Thank you so much. No,
0: well done. (laughs) We're both fine. You know, it's so funny because... I feel like I'm the friend who I'm always happy for people like if if my friends achieve something I'm always happy for them Mm. but then you find that like when you go and start a business go and do your postgraduate get promoted you know not everybody's as happy for you as you would expect yes yeah kind of what's your experience been because you're so chill right that I can imagine that people would be shocked. Yeah, I think so that... So you don't have naked ambition, obviously I know you and I know that you are ambitious, but like you don't have naked ambition. So I can imagine that it would be
1: a shock. Yeah, I think that sometimes as well, people are annoyed because they assume that like, oh, we're all on the same path. We're all just chilling and... I speak for myself as well, because I do think that sometimes when you find out someone's nailed a really amazing job, or, you know, someone's got a promotion, or someone's, you know, bought an amazing property or something like that, I think that it's natural to get that stab of (gasps) jealousy initially, it's how quickly you rally from that. And the thing is, I think that there are things that I've done that have probably made people a bit more jealous in terms of just stupid things like getting engaged, getting married, things like that. Dependent on the age you are, sometimes people can be a bit like, oh, I want to do that. But I've always been jealous of people's careers. I never really thought about getting engaged or getting married as a, oh, I've done well here. But when people are getting cool jobs, when people are getting paid well, when people are getting promotions, I have definite probably obvious jealousy about those kind of things and it always passes because I am genuinely happy for people I think that it passes in a way that I become a bit like right I want to emulate that person if they're doing that then I should try harder to also do that or yeah. get on that level but if you can't recognize that you know what I mean you have to be able to say this has made me feel a certain way I wonder why I'm feeling like I'm I'm annoyed that Juliet's just told me that but why am I annoyed
0: yeah super interesting I'm trying to think if I've felt, no, and my friends are smashing it. They're smashing Mm. through life. You know, I'm not doing badly in life, but I'm definitely, I'm in the slower lane. (laughs) I'm not in the handicap lane, but I'm in the slower lane. Like, I think similar to yourself, like I definitely have friends I really look up to. And I think that's good. You want to be surrounded by people that inspire you. So that's very important. But, you know, even when my friends have been killing it, I feel like maybe I should be more triggered by it because maybe it will push me a bit
1: harder. <laughs> yeah. I'm there like, you go, girl. Woo, woo, woo. No, but you know what? I do think that you need to have someone in your life, whether it's your partner or a friend or someone in your family or whatever, who calls you on that stuff. Because there's someone who I know very peripherally, but is a writer and is, in my opinion, not a great writer. And I say that because I used to write. I did creative writing in university, or I did a module on creative writing in university, and I enjoy writing, but I don't really do it anymore. And whenever I see something that this person's written, I'll be like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Like, it's not good writing. My husband will go, oh, my goodness, we should compare it with something you've written. And I have to be like, what? (laughs) but it's just you're talking so much about it you must also be a writer (laughs) and I do always think I'm grateful for that because it it is very easy to be like "Ah, terrible writer and have no one be like but you aren't writing Mm. you're you're not writing or terrible musician well you're not you're not doing anything yeah music you're not composing yeah Yeah, that's a
0: challenge with being like envious of other people's achievements because you don't mm. know kind of what's going on in the background and I get very frustrated when people are envious of what you've achieved yeah whether it's oh it's you know you've got married you got engaged work promotions academic success because a lot of the time they're envious but they're not willing to do the work you yeah know? and like yes I, I don't put marriage as like obviously oh, the massive achievement but relationships are not easy <laughs> making it down mm-hmm. the aisle is not easy right <laughs> Yeah, you know, these things are not easy you know and a lot of people are like oh I want that but you're not
1: willing to do the work so yeah bye it's true, but then that applies to me as well. I mean, at some point, maybe I'll start writing. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should, because you can't, you know. And, yeah, it's really hating a bad habit. Pardon? I said hating from outside the club. Is terrible really writer.
0: Very bad. Like, <laughs> super, super bad. So, yeah, <laughs> that might be... Put that on your roadmap.
1: Well, it's a bit like that ongoing joke that all modern art is someone going, I could have done that, but just didn't. Yeah. So, with most things, when you're going... You know, there were a couple of people when I told them about the MBA saying, oh, that's amazing. God, I would just have no interest in doing that. It's like... People say that? Yeah, I had a couple of people say that. And I was a bit like, okay. And I mentioned it to a friend of mine that a couple of people had had that response. My friend had then said, you know, when people say that, what they actually mean is I could do that, but I don't think I'd get in. You know, I I won't put myself forward for that. I just,
0: (laughs) I think just for me, that I just can't... I've never said to someone like someone's like oh wow I'm running the London marathon oh great but I would never consider doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh Amazing. I just I just built a school in Nicaragua oh okay I would never be bothered to do that.
1: <laughs> God I'd hate to go to Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah like kiddo. Very strange. Oh gosh, okay, well we've done our fun bit of the podcast and now it's time for us to get heavy. I'm sure that a lot of you guys will probably have already guessed what we are going to be talking about this week. It's something that we've talked about on several other episodes as well. It's racism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so, you know what, it, I don't know, it's been very overwhelming because since our imagine- last episode a week ago yeah there's just too much going on
1: and listen can I just say on that episode I know I said we were talking about what I wanted Lana Del Rey to mean versus what she had actually meant but Jesus like I misjudged that one didn't I not only did she not mean what I wanted her to mean like sometimes I think when you like someone you want to think oh listen I like you for legitimate reasons she really dropped the ball and It was probably disappointing, but for plenty of people, it was unsurprising. Yeah, it's been super unsurprising. And just to kind of put what Phoebe is saying
0: in context. So with all the sort of protesting and like rioting that's happening in the US, Lana Del Rey was videoing like looters and putting it online and people are just not having it. Right. So Mm -hmm. she definitely received a backlash from that. But it's interesting to use this as a starting point. Right. So Lana Del Rey's boyfriend is a cop.
1: Yes. Are they still together?
0: But anyway, I don't know, but my understanding is with all of this that was happening a few weeks or last week, people were saying that of her and her cop boyfriend, right? And it's such an interesting context. And I'll just obviously, I'm speculating, but It's so interesting with Lana Del Rey and this whole like anti-feminist conversation that's happening. Cops in the US, I don't know if it's a global stat, but in the US, 40% of police officers beat their wives and beat their partners. Yes. So 40% are domestic abusers, right? And there's a YouTube channel that I watch. I love the Jimmy Dore show. I don't know if you watch it, but he's epic. I don't know. Yeah. And so Jimmy's from Chicago and he was like, I've got people in my family that are cops. That's all that I've grown up around. And he's like, there's a certain type of person that is a cop, right? And it's a person that gets off on, you know, having power. And typically Mm -hmm. we use it, you know, in a bad way. Right. And he said that if you're against those values, they root you out or they turn you. Yeah, because you're not going to be somebody that's like, oh, this is wrong. And then you're going to stay in a a precinct where, you know, this type of behavior is normal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm not surprised that, you know, if you're in a relationship with a cop in America that you're going to be posting the kind of videos that Lana Del Rey is posting and you're going to have the yeah, kind of opinions that she has. Like, that's why for me, none of it is a surprise. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing my research on her, I'm
1: like, mm, okay, this lady is not all there. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think that a lot of the time Hollywood is very liberal and very overtly liberal. And what I mean by that is... We obviously don't know how people vote and what people's inner workings are. But as a monolith, Hollywood always presents as super forward-thinking, super liberal, very left-leaning, very woke, as it were. And I think that sometimes when the mask slips, because we're unused to people exposing themselves in that way, particularly when they are actually quite famous, which Lana Del Rey is in this instance, we're surprised that actually their intentions would be ill and that they would be stupid enough basically to air them. I think everyone
0: has their own reality. For me, I'm not surprised. There's just nothing that surprises me. When I saw that post, her initial post about her challenges with feminism and in the music industry, I was like, something is not right here. Like this Mm -hmm. is not somebody who I'm aligned with in terms of values, like at all, right? And as I started to look into it and look into it and look into it, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this woman Mm -hmm. I didn't even start with her and I was done I was like it's over (laughs) our relationship that we never had is over and you know there's been a lot of sort of posts online like with all of this stuff happening with police brutality in the US you know all of these videos being posted Jamila Jamil was saying that the time for just like blindly following celebrities is over Mm -hmm. and she's saying that you know people are gonna start unfollowing celebs who don't align with their values because the people are becoming too desperate now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your your views on that are.
1: I actually think that that's a really interesting point because I think that that snowball effect had I think started really at the beginning of COVID because Mm. when we were all on lockdown and people were being furloughed and people were losing their jobs and you had celebrities being like, we just got to stay at home guys. And you're thinking our realities are not similar. Like, you staying at home and me staying at home and not the same thing. And the disconnect, the chasm between celebrity and normal people really started to become more and more revealed. Yeah. And I think that basically it was almost like that was on the wane anyway. The star of celebrity was on the wane because it just shows... I think that we're done with the point of time when we wanted celebrities to have an air of mystique, whether or not we want them to have that air of mystique now and that air of disconnect. Social media has meant that actually celebrities need to be as accessible as possible. And a lot of the time that accessibility is fine when we're all just living our normal lives and they're endorsing whatever, and there's a level of lifestyle envy. But right now, the world that we're living in does not translate to celebrities, as you've said, who don't align with your values, who have completely lost touch with reality and who have no ability to speak with quote unquote normal people as human beings. Mm.
0: I think the beginning of the end was when the celebs sang Imagine. Oh my god Instagram. that was
1: the absolute pits. Yeah, that was awful.
0: That was very very awful. And then if you look at sort of like you said, you know the impact of covid, you know the death rate, crazy death rate in the US, crazy death rate in the UK you know, the impact, which we really haven't seen the full impact yet, but the impact that's having on job security, people Mm -hmm. not being able to pay their rent. And then if we look at the American context, and the same thing is happening here, where you have more, you know, ethnic minorities being disproportionately impacted by COVID. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have people being murdered in the street by police in the US.
1: Yeah,
0: like, I think it's just way too much now. So I saw someone I was following and I'm very obsessed with this woman's account. Oh, I
1: know who you're going to say.
0: Talk 30 to me. I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) She has like a bit of an anonymous account, but I'm super obsessed with her. So talk 30 to me. And she was saying, it's 9am. I'm looking at all the big accounts that I follow. And if by 3pm they haven't acknowledged what's going on, I'm going to unfollow them. And I challenge you to do the same. Mm hmm. And, you know, I posted this and somebody messaged me being like, oh, why do people care what celebrities think? I think it's so stupid. And I didn't respond because I'm not going to go back and forth. Right. But the reason why I think this is so important is because the content you consume is important where you invest your money is Mm -hmm. important. You can't say this is something that's important to me, but then you invest your time, your money and your energy into people that don't care about you.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, the thing is, we've talked about this at length in other podcasts. And I think the misfortune of it is that there's always another name. There's always someone new that brings it to the forefront again. You know, we were talking about Ahmad Ibery a couple of weeks ago. And now we're talking about George Floyd. And I said, I think a couple of weeks ago, it's not enough to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. And obviously, I did not coin that that wasn't something that I came up with, but you see it saturated now. And I think I critiqued a couple of weeks ago, the people posting the hashtag run with Maud. And I felt a bit like it was performative. So you could say that you had posted this hashtag. You were aware of what was going on. You didn't really have to do anything, but it was enough that you knew. And it was like a virtue signal to other people who also knew, but also weren't really doing anything. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that if you see someone posting is that enough for you or do you think well what actual intentions do you have what underlying intentions do you have in this respect I think with anything
0: it's like there's multiple levers at play right Mm -hmm. I feel like posting is the bare minimum yeah so with this type of thing going on you know, that's huge. That's on the news everywhere. If you're gonna post a picture of yourself in the garden having a beer, yeah, right, at a time like this, I think that you can post about this. Yeah, right. I agree. So for me, it's really like the entry level point, right? And mm-hmm. you need people who engage, you know, in this type of way at an entry level, right? Because I just don't think that every single person can bring the same level of energy and commitment to a cause. And then I also think that we're so far behind in our understanding of how systemic white supremacy is, understanding what racism is. Like we're so far behind that I do feel that taking that step to acknowledge is positive. Mm -hmm. Right. So the challenge is we never know people's intentions. Right. And some people are going to post because it's trendy. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to post because they want to bring awareness to this because they are disgusted by it. Right. Yes. So that's like my first step. Right. So if I look at this from a brand perspective, Nike did their campaign over the weekend. Right. I mean, Nike support Colin Kaepernick and Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick does a lot of work in the community right and yes has invested millions in educating young people on their rights and supporting social justice organizations mm-hmm. i don't know how much nike really do themselves right? right but that message nike sending that out that is powerful that does shift culture because nike mm-hmm. is such a big brand right i mean
1: yes and i also would say that along the way Nike has done things on a smaller scale that have also had a resonance. So I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when they released the trainer with Betsy Ross's flag on it. So the original US flag, which has the circle of 13 stars. And so for people who don't maybe know why that's an issue, that is from when the US was founded, basically. And I think those 13 stars, those 13 states are linked to the Confederacy. So again, when something starts out, When the intention of something as it starts out is one thing, but it gets co-opted by a racist or violent or terrorist movement. That's what it means now. You know, people love to play this devil's advocate game as well with this swastika where it's like, oh, it actually originally meant such and such thing. doesn't matter. (laughs) Now it means Nazis, okay? Mm -hmm. And Betsy Ross's flag is problematic in that sense. They did it, I think, as like a historical callback to, you know, the founding of the, the US, whatever. Kaepernick took the time to educate them, like, this is why this is problematic, you need to scrap it. And they did. And so I think in those senses where you could also argue, listen, I can't believe it got to that point before someone said, this is why that flag is problematic. But equally they took the hit financially on it when they were told by one of their ambassadors, this isn't okay. Like you, you can't let that go out. So I do think they also do put their money where their mouth is in that respect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I think if you post and you're posting with a good intention, then when you do post, you can engage in a conversation and you can open your mind and you can be educated like Nike were in that context, mm-hmm. right? Then you have you know, brands like Glossier that are taking it to another level, you know, mm-hmm. where they're saying we are going to donate $500,000 to social justice organizations. And we're also going to invest $500,000 in entrepreneurs from disadvantaged communities, Mm -hmm. right? So that's really powerful. And that's why I say you need like a multi-approach. Like, obviously, I'm so passionate about this issue. You're so passionate about this issue that, you know, we're willing to have a platform and kind Mm -hmm. of dedicate our platform, right, to these issues. But everybody has a different level of energy that they could bring to this. And I just Mm -hmm. think that if you can't even post, which is the bare minimum, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done with you. So somebody on Instagram, black guy from America, from an African background, posted and he said, oh, if you don't want to share posts about George Floyd, don't worry. Everyone supports differently. And, you know, we can all make a change in November. And I was like, mate, you're even going to give people an out to even just... Post, which is post free. on their story. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're even going to give people an out, like so. It's very like everyone has a different view on this. I think.
1: Yeah, and I think it's difficult. I had a a nice message from someone during the week who basically was saying to me, you know, I am basically skeptical. She didn't use that word. She was she was kinder than that, but she said, you know, who will be talking about this in a month? Because I see a lot of people who have been, it's almost like people have been shamed into posting about this, right? Oh. Which justifiably they should be. Do you don't know who was shamed? Did you see the whole thing with Lewis Hamilton? Oh my gosh, yes, I actually did see Lewis that. Hamilton shamed
0: everybody. So if you don't know who Lewis Hamilton is, I can't help you. Please Google and educate yourself, but he's amazing. And so Lewis Hamilton posted and he's like, wow, you know, I can't believe that my colleagues, my industry are completely silent about this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I see you, right? And then, like, a couple of days later, or a few hours later, like, a bunch of Formula One drivers were posting about it, saying, oh, I just didn't really know what to say. It's so harrowing. But we all have to stand up for justice. And he basically shamed them into it. Mm -hmm. Right? And there is value in shaming people into standing up for something like this, because you're letting them know this is unacceptable. I Mm -hmm. make this industry millions I'm the only Black man in this industry
1: Mm -hmm. and I don't
0: think this is acceptable. So I really rate Lewis Hamilton for that. I rate John Boyega for coming out, like people just coming out and being explicit. Mm -hmm. It is
1: so necessary. Absolutely. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be shamed into it at all. That's not my point. My, My point was actually going to be Or this woman's point who messaged me as well, was basically, if you do it now, and it's a tokenistic gesture, because you don't want to have been spotted as someone who doesn't, that's not really the same thing. Like keep the energy, even when this isn't headline news anymore. You know, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's the journey. that's a journey and the but the thing is as well it's okay if this is your awakening and i know i said that to you over text during the week like it's okay if this is the catalyst for some people to be like you know what i've remained largely silent on these things i think that it is time to probably speak up a little bit more um engage with whatever organizations read xyz books listen to podcasts support in a more tangible way my my friends but equally when you do have that awakening, please don't pretend that you've always been doing it. Like, and that's probably out of pocket for a white person to be saying it, but I'm saying it to other white people. I'm seeing people who have never said anything about this. And some of them are saying, you know what? I've been very ignorant and I've decided it's time to educate myself. And that's fantastic. But there are some other people who are pretending that they've always been doing this Oh, t- time for you guys to pull up. It's like, well, um, I'm not being funny. You haven't, you haven't been pulling up. <laughs> you have not pulled up. Yeah. So it's okay to pull up now, but please don't start doing this holier than thou shtick because it's transparent. You know,
0: you know. I think the sad, sad thing is that you know, in a month, you know, in a week, people will have forgotten this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And when you look at a lot of people I've been, I haven't watched the video of George Floyd mm-hmm. because I can't watch another video, right? Yeah. I'm, I really can't, so I'm done. I haven't watched the video, but I've listened to kind of commentary around it. So I know obviously what happened in the video and why it's so harrowing. And, you know, just like with the Ahmad Arbery thing where we were like, but why were they making this video in the first place? So with mm-hmm. this situation with George Floyd, it was a young black lady that recorded that video. Yeah, posted it onto Facebook and then it went viral. And then she was at the site the next day, just like completely traumatized and devastated. Of course. So it's yeah, it's not the same thing as what happened with, you know, Ahmad Aubrey, where he was no, no, no by racist. Course. Right. But now that we know that we're, people are sharing this content, you know, CNN is there. Everybody's there. I feel like people are capitalizing
1: mm-hmm. on the
0: rage and the pain. Yeah. You know, and that's what makes me sad. I think that it is just an opportunity for ratings and it is just, you know, people are just using it to kind of get clout, I guess, rather than thinking, you know, what? how do we take things forward and make a change?
1: Yes. And I think as well, probably there's an element of people feeling a little bit powerless about, you know, how do we undo hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of systemic racism? I mean, the US is built on racism. So is the UK. I mean, I think the one thing that UK has got going for it is that we don't have access to firearms in the same way.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that...
1: Yeah, but when people say,
0: oh, of course, yeah, you know, we all feel powerless. But I really kind of question that because, you know, we've had hundreds of years of homophobia.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right, we've had hundreds of years of sexism. Yeah right and when white people want equal opportunity they make it happen yeah so that's my thing oh everybody's so powerless but wait a minute Mm. look at the impact the me too movement has had yeah right and this is like in our lifetime we've seen it right i've literally seen attitudes to homosexuality change overnight Mm mm-hmm like things are so different five years ago, 10 years ago to where they are today. Like we really advanced. Yes. So I feel like every other social justice movement has momentum, but there's Mm -hmm. something about this that, oh, everyone is so powerless. Oh, I don't know what to say.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think that that's a fair point as well. I think that is, I think that sometimes you've said this before, I think, and if you haven't said it on the podcast, you and I have certainly had this conversation, People think that it's worse to be called a racist than to be a racist. And so people would prefer to not say anything so that they can then be like, oh, I didn't want to come across as racist. Didn't want to say the wrong thing. Didn't want to have to be educated, basically. And people have a fragility. It's white fragility, ultimately. But I don't think it just pertains to white people. I think it is an anti-black rhetoric that people as well as white people, other people of colour feed into anti-black rhetoric and they censor themselves so that it's not a case of, oh, you can't call me racist because I didn't say anything. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure. I mean, that obviously
0: plays a part, but I'm trying to, I still don't understand it myself where we're making leaps and bounds Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to other groups that historically have been discriminated against. Mm-hmm. And then you've got literally black people being murdered on video. Yeah. State sponsored.
1: Mm. And
0: then people are like, oh, I don't know what to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's like, true to the point where I you don't even have
0: to find the words there are people that are creating the words you just have to share the post <laughs> you just have
1: to share those <laughs> words it's true you don't even have to put any thought into it no that is a fair counterpoint I guess my it's not a defense as such but I do think that people fall into those two camps where either you just genuinely have not thought about it and you know we've had conversations on this podcast about where you you have said, well, listen, I was born woke. And I've said, I, it was very much so the opposite for me. I don't think that I was, I hope that I wasn't ever overtly racist, but in the same way that I wasn't surrounded by a different culture. I grew up in the West Coast of Ireland. I knew white Catholics, you know? I knew a Jehovah's Witness. And that was about as exciting as it got. So it's a lesson of educating yourself. On one of our very first episodes, I used the term BAME. And you told me that, people don't like that being used worse than that I use the term BAME and when you asked me what it stood for I said the A stood for and it does not people it stands for Asian okay and can you imagine I I nearly my legs were like oh <laughs> you just sit down but I think it's
0: actually um when you say anti-blackness I think that's really at the core of all of this because mm-hmm ultimately you know the people that really have benefited if we look at just the fight for lgbtq plus rights you know mm-hmm. it was the poorest the most disenfranchised in that community that fought for those rights and yeah. ultimately it is you know the upper middle class white men that are straight passing that benefit from those rights
1: yes absolutely. right
0: and then if we look at you know issues around gender equality you know any call for diversity it's really white women at the very top of that ladder that like Mm -hmm. benefit from it so I think that people do look at this like oh it just doesn't impact me
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not interested they can't intersect with it or like have that level of empathy that's required to mobilize and organize yes because they just feel that it does not impact them
1: and also, I think that they feel that, oh, well, I don't I don't want to be like a social justice warrior. I don't want to be perceived as like a pain in the ass. Yeah. I do think that people, and I obviously, you know, I'm not saying that and legitimizing that, that thought process. But I do think that that is part of the idea behind it. And I think that until we can sit with ourselves or one can sit with oneself and say, listen, it doesn't matter about. What you are so concerned with, with this, oh, don't upset the status quo is the easiest way to make sure you're liked. It's the opposite. Don't be, don't be just beige about this. I'm unfollowing everyone
0: who's not aligned with my values. You're done, you're done, you're out of my life. <laughs> Celebrities, I'm done, like, mm-hmm. I'm done. Maybe sort of in a month. You know, it's funny, it's yeah. like, I'm like, okay, cool. I need to just like unfollow everyone that's ignoring this and then I started like unfollowing like all the superficial accounts that I follow and then my timeline was just too woke.
1: Yeah yeah I was gonna say.
0: (laughs) I'm not logging into Instagram anymore because I'm tired. Yeah of course. So that was crazy because I was like oh damn I actually need to go and follow some of these people back.
1: Yeah no but this is the thing right like it is relentless and it's relentless for black people. Because it's relentless having to see this and be confronted with it all the time. I mean, someone was saying to me that basically that video of George Floyd's murder amounts to a snuff film. We watched someone die. Oh, yeah. And that would never, ever, ever be appropriate. It's not appropriate. I think we are living in the darkest timeline here where the president of the United States legitimately threatened American citizens with death. Mm. And I said before in this podcast, we are so desensitized to the 24 hour news cycle that that's not even really been mentioned since. Yeah.
0: So President Trump said that when the looting starts, the shooting starts, which is basically what the KKK used to say.
1: Yeah. And I just I think that I mean, I, I almost don't know what I think.
0: It is a dark time. And there are just way too many things happening at once, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think also what's very sad is that even if we look at the disproportionate impact that COVID is having on the black community in the UK, mm-hmm. right? And they're always talking about like, all these underlying health conditions, these underlying health conditions that these black people have, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's the part of it, but that's not the full story, you know, mm-hmm. that's leading to black people dying at the rate that, they are in the UK, there's so much institutional racism at play, you know, that leads to people being disregarded and ignored. And, you know, just, you know, we have the consequences, we have the data in front of us. And then if you look at what's happening in the US, when the autopsy report for George Floyd came out, they were like, oh, he didn't die because of the officer's actions. Yeah. He had underlying health conditions. Right. And then somebody tweeted and they said, if you've got cancer throughout your whole body and then somebody murdered Meals. you, right, you you died because they, of their actions. Yeah. You didn't die because of the cancer. Right. So the media and that's why the content that you consume is really mm-hmm. important. Right. In the UK, in the beginning, they said, oh, herd immunity. Now they're trying to create this narrative of, oh, well, black people just can't survive. They have all these underlying health conditions. And it takes the onus away from the system that basically, you know, doesn't give people the health care that they need when they need mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. It's really I mean, it's very bad.
1: You're absolutely right. I think part that is played in it as well is that it's so relentless that people just cannot find the energy almost to engage with this. Which people? uh, Oh, oh, sorry. Like white people, obviously.
0: But it's crazy because when this guy, I was very, when I was reading this Lewis Hamilton article, right? I read it and I'm like, Lewis Hamilton has had to fight to be where he is. In order for him to maintain his position, he's had to be the best. Like mm -hmm. our parents tell us, like you need to be 10 times better. So for him to just maintain his position, he's had to be the best On top of that, he's dealing with, think about, you know, all of those microaggressions on a daily basis. Think about all of the discrimination he's faced. Obviously he's famous now, right? So, you know, maybe they're letting him off a little bit, but you know, he's still facing a lot on a daily basis. On top of that, he now needs to educate his colleagues who don't know what to say. Yeah. But he needs to do his job to another level. He needs to deal with the microaggressions. yeah, discrimination on a daily basis. Then he needs to do the job of Formula One. Then he needs to tell his colleagues to step up. But they just don't know what
1: to say. But also, you know, again, like, I feel like... No, but do you understand lot... what I'm saying? No, 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 I do. Or is
0: he a human being?
1: But, but also, this is what we've said. I, and I know that I feel like we're reiterating ourselves a lot in this podcast. Because obviously we have touched on this topic before. And I have said before that my cousin said to me, when the marriage equality referendum was happening in Ireland and she just said you know sometimes you have to accept that sometimes people do not want to be educated because the resources are there you can go in to go in to google god how old am I you mm. can go on google and you can just type in racism and see what comes up books about racism podcasts about racism if you want to educate yourself you can absolutely do so at some point with the internet at your fingertips you have to accept that if you don't know about something, you don't know what to say, you just don't want to say anything. You just couldn't be bothered to Google it.
0: Yeah, you couldn't be bothered. And, you know, I think the key takeaway, what I would like for people to understand is that, you know, racism is not just murdering an innocent person from another race in the street, right? Mm -hmm. It's a system, you know, and that system is so systemic, right? And it consists of many different things. So racism means privilege. Racism means access to opportunity, access to education that other people might not have. Racism is the benefit of the doubt. Racism is being able to go into a designer store, steal and walk through that door and nobody Mm -hmm. stop you and nobody look at you once, right? Mm -hmm. This is what racism is. It's in every action. It's the air that we breathe, unfortunately right so you know it's funny because if we look at that thing you know look at what happened with amy cooper this karen in in the park in in new york yes after this woman calls the police and says an african-american man is making her fear for her life
1: it all goes viral and she turns around and says oh but i'm not racist but also sorry Because I know the point that you're going to make and I want to go down that avenue as well. But I also want to say before she called and said an African-American male is threatening me, she said to him, I'm going to call them and tell them that an African-American male is threatening me. So she let him know, I know what impact my words are going to have. Oh, yeah. So she knew, right? She knew. And that, after you do that, you can't turn
0: around and say... I'm not racist you can't act like oh the worst possible thing is for me to be called a racist Mm -hmm. right you did that because you understand the power that you have and you were so offended that this person would ask you to put your dog on a leash
1: yeah
0: right exerting your power in that way what do you call that
1: yeah it's just privilege
0: this is just weird right and I think like you say people just don't want to accept that they're racist. Even if you go to AA, you have to accept, I have a problem. hmm hmm <laughs> You know?
1: We're actually going to post, I've decided on the Instagram, we're going to post that video from the Irish drag queen who says, hopefully you're only a little bit homophobic because the exact same argument pertains to racism. Hopefully you're just a little bit racist. But yeah. you are racist. We are all racist because yeah. we cannot not be. We have all grown up absorbing it it's incessant it is our music it's our literature it's our film it's our television it's our institutions it's our institutions it's the road it's the road that we walk on Mm -hmm. literally
0: you know and I think if I look at you know black people specifically who just don't really want to engage with any of this like I don't blame them because like life is just so stressful and because we have all been socialize into this yes as a black person you have been socialized into anti-blackness right Mm -hmm. so sometimes you know your black friend yeah they might not be the most woke person so yeah you could be a racist in a relationship with a person of color Mm
1: -hmm.
0: very easily right people of color can be as complicit in all of this right the challenge is that people of color are not the ones with the power which is why I feel that the tide needs to turn a bit right Mm -hmm. and white people need to engage in what's going on because it's the white people with the power it's Amy Cooper who had the power and she chose Mm -hmm. how to yield that yes
1: I absolutely agree you know it's also not the job of black people and people of color to educate you and so when a person of color says something they don't need to then clarify that point with three studies that show that they're telling the truth (laughs) have you seen that I've seen that on social media, but a friend of mine has posted about, you know, the inherent racism in the NHS. Mm. And someone's in the comments saying, oh, well, Asian doctors get paid more than white doctors. And when asked for the receipts, he did not have them. (laughs) You know, and it's this kind of thing. If you're going to start being like, well, I'd like to see it. I would like to see the evidence. Then you better be prepared to show your own evidence. If you're going to say something as inflammatory as Asian doctors get paid more. Well, absolutely. Yeah. How fascinating. I want to know more about this. I can't believe it. Please, yeah. yeah, show me where that information has come from.
0: Yeah, I think the worst is when people post and then people comment and they say, all we need is love.
1: <laughs> My day.
0: But... It's not black or white, it's the human race.
1: Yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. It's not black against white, it's all of us against racism. <laughs> Amazing sentiment. We are absolutely not there yet. So perhaps you could just start like Madonna posting her child dancing to Michael Jackson.
0: Okay. Fail. There's been a lot of fails actually. Heidi Klum.
1: Oh no. Posted, what did she do? um All Lives Matter and had to delete it. <gasps> no. People are not playing. People but were living. The bar is on the floor. So when you mess up, I'm agog. I'm yeah. honestly like flabbergasted because yeah. you have to do so little. You know? You have to do so little. Chrissy Teigen, who has been, like, simultaneously under fire and the victim, basically, over the past few weeks because there was that NY Times chef who attacked her, but then she also was having some very problematic tweets pulled up from the past decade or whatever. Chrissy Teigen turned around and said, I'm donating £200,000 to the Minnesota Freedom Fund in celebration of MAGA night. You know, there are people who are also... I know that £200,000 is a lot of money. But what I'm saying is that that gesture is very easy for her to do. Mm -hmm. Celebrities are very well-equipped to make these gestures. Yeah,
0: but celebrities are people too, right? So Heidi Klum is just ignorant. Ignorant. And so we just know that now. And then Diddy came out and was like, oh, this is not a and I'm going to misquote him, but he said something like, this is not a race issue. If I remember correctly, this is not a race issue. This is a human rights issue. And then
1: why not both? (laughs)
0: And people are like, but race issues are human rights issues, right? Like, we can't dumb it down now. We can't say human rights, just like we can't say people of color, because it's not people of color that are being killed in the street it's black people that are being targeted right Mm -hmm. we can't and 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 so people really push back against this type of sort of euphemism yeah you know and people are even saying like stop calling it police brutality just call it murder
1: just call it well do you know what it's so true and you know what my husband and I were having a conversation about this last night this is what the second amendment is for The Second Amendment was that the people should be able to arm themselves to uprise against, basically, martial law. Mm. If the government got too much power, that the people would be able to defend themselves against the government. And guess what? Now that martial law's been basically rolled out across the states and you've got a police state and police shooting at people who are sitting on their porches, all of these Second Amendment defenders Mm. are silent.
0: Yeah, and that's why it's all anti-blackness
1: it's anti-black right. but your anti-blackness that has now your racism has been exposed because actually what you've always talked about oh it's important for me to be able to defend myself defend my home defend my family well guess what they're shooting at innocent people in their houses yeah are you ready to defend them mm. where are you
0: yeah the the tragedy though of america is i really feel it's like their reign is over now
1: well i guess we'll see won't we
0: no, but I mean, the, the divide between rich and poor is just too extreme.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: COVID is just going to wipe people out. You know, people don't have healthcare, People don't have education. Meanwhile, China is like trolling them over like these shootings in the US, like mm-hmm. online. Right. Like it's a joke now. Like literally you don't even have rule of law in your own country. Yeah. Right. So, of course, I know with the US, like they always seem to bounce back, but it's really looking like you know in a hundred years I don't know if the US the mighty US which has been the center of culture globally Mm -hmm. you know is going to be able to maintain that position because you're just not taking care of 90% of your people yeah it's true it's all a bit like a bit like too much like morally
1: you you can't moralize anymore you can't moralize but when you say ninety percent of the people, right, that's probably pretty much bang on. Unless those ninety percent realise, oh, actually it's it's me too. Like people are so desperate to not be the bottom rung on the ladder that they will be like, Well, at least I'm not black.
0: There's a podcast that I listened to by Chris Hayes. Do you know him, the CNN Anchor? Mm-mm. Yeah, so Chris Hayes has got a really interesting podcast and one episode was called Dying of Whiteness. And oh
1: my goodness, I'm not listened to it. You've told me about this and I think it's so interesting. It's so
0: interesting and it's basically he invited the author of this book onto the podcast and essentially what they were saying is that communities that need health care the most or like need public services the most will actually vote against something like health care because they don't want immigrants to have access to health care. Mm-hmm. right and they interviewed one guy who had cancer and was literally like, I'd rather die than have Jeez. affordable health care right so there is this um, scarcity mindset where they just think these other people are taking their opportunity are taking their resources and they'd rather mm-hmm. die than give an inch How
1: to these people
0: that? that have no power right and you know with all these issues around like our oh, looting and And they're like, yeah, but the billionaire class have made, like...
1: Oh, they're making bank. Shit Trump has just added an extra five trillion to the national debt, but hey, NBD. Yeah, Yeah. and Bezos
0: is on his way to be the first trillionaire. And you're talking about some immigrant or some black person down the street.
1: Yeah.
0: (sighs) Doesn't make any sense.
1: It doesn't make any sense. All right, if you had to wrap it up in two bullet points...
0: I don't really have like two bullet points I just think yeah I really would like us to go from outrage for like a week to just sort of consistently moving forward and Mm -hmm. I think consistently moving forward means educating yourself holding people around you accountable Mm -hmm. right and investing your time, energy, and resources in a way that's aligned with your values.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So that's what moving forward looks like to me. And I just hope that, you know, people can kind of take that on board and like just do one action. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take this offline now.
1: Yes. Like, social Great media point.
0: is like super woke, but like, who are you offline? Yes. You know, and I'm not going to be friends with anyone. Like, I really feel it's life or death, right? If I was that lady at the... Well, you know, obviously not... I'm, I'm indoors, right? But if I was that lady working in the train station and someone, like, spat on me... Yeah. You know, and allegedly had COVID-19 and, like, I passed away, you know, I would want people to stick up for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say, oh, she wouldn't have wanted this. I
0: she... don't... Yeah, I don't want for something to happen to me, which could happen. I don't want something to happen to me and then I hung out with someone who isn't willing to advocate for me. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to follow that person. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be associated with them. You know, if something happens to me, my husband, my family, like, I just want to take all of that out of my life. Yeah. You know, and I'm super blessed because, like, my friend, I remember I was going to, like, a work party, and then I invited my friend, right? And then my friend didn't have the band to get in, right? And so, like, we both kind of go through... And then this, somebody asked when we got in, like, oh, how come you got in? You don't have a band. She's like, I'm a white lady. I can do what I want. And I was like, yes, you go, girl. Like, I'm so lucky because my friends just tell it straight, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, like, they can call out, like, their own privilege. Like, I'm, I'm so happy that I have those types of relationships, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, everybody makes mistakes. We're all learning. Like, I'm learning, right yeah
1: absolutely Um,
0: and you have to be able to just kind of like hold each other accountable so those are the things that i think are important in terms of like moving forward
1: yeah i agree my two bullet points having black friends doesn't mean that you aren't racist stop rolling out your black friends as proof that you are woke stop naming them in instagram posts stop being like check me out these are the black people i surround me with it's besides the point it's not helpful donate to a fund again who are you offline as you say point two google is your friend okay so Mm -hmm. we're talking about who you are offline but your education is available to you online start if you don't know start and if you do know or if you know some or if you think you'd like to know more ask someone in your circle who isn't a person of color because they're not here to educate you ask a white person where did you read about that What podcast were you listening to? Can you recommend anything to me? Because the idea that we should have to, it's like educating men about misogyny is tiring and frustrating and a lot of the time futile. Black people educating or people of color as a whole educating white people about racism or just educating other people of color about racism because we all know that like a caste system also exists. That's exhausting as well. Mm -hmm. Have some wherewithal about you to not do that.
0: PSA. (laughs) Stop rolling out your black friends.
1: Honestly, <laughs>
0: so I do not think no it's true. okay. Yeah, that's not right. okay. Stop rolling out your black friends and your black boyfriend, right, to show us that you're not racist. I kissed a black guy
1: once. Like, what I would recommend, what?
0: guys, watch Little Fires Everywhere.
1: Oh my! Phoebe has days. not watched
0: it. Right, I need to discuss it with someone. Watch this show, guys. Let's let's have a chat. <laughs> let's do an Instagram live and let's talk about Little <laughs> Fires Everywhere. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what would make me so happy. All right. We'll get on it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening,
0: guys. Guys, Check thank you for Follow
1: us. Take care. Email Talk us on Instagram. <laughs> Bye. Protect yourselves. Bye-bye.